Press. Gross. And yes. Touchdown. They did it. Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press, sponsors of the Capital One Burrito Bowl in Boston and the Verbo Teriyaki Chicken Bowl in Tucson. Let's oh. go. So who who participates in these bowls of ours? Like the teams? Yeah. Who would be the uh, bowl, uh, the yeah the, the playing participants? So like the Capital One Burrito Bowl. That would probably be. Um. Do I have to pick teams that aren't in bowls already? <laughs> I don't know. So I was going to say, like, what's Mex- your bowl affiliation? Bowl affiliation? Oh, somebody from. Um, I don't know. You got to get somebody from, like, New Mexico. <laughs> and then someone from the East Coast. <laughs> Why is someone from New Mexico? Because burrito. Because. <laughs> Horrible because stereotypes. <laughs> um, so we'll say, we'll say from. I was gonna say the WAC, and I was like, wait a minute, that's not the Division One conference anymore, <laughs> or FBS conference. They're trying to get back to there, but not yet. No. Um, so you do let's say the MAC and uh, someone from the Sun Belt. Mm. So. I like got, that. Got to be realistic. I can't just say, oh, I'll be the, the top team from the SEC and the top team from the Big Ten. There you go. <laughs> got to be realistic. Someone from the MAC and someone from the Sun Belt played on like a Tuesday morning. Because <laughs> why not? No one else is going to be paying attention. <laughs> Somebody from get some MACTION and Fun Belt uh, in there. <laughs> That's what, I was thinking the MAC as well, just uh, thinking if I'm the Verbo, you know, teriyaki chicken in Tucson and – they're probably thinking they want to go somewhere warm. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. You get somebody, you get like the seventh place Pac-12 team and like the eighth place Big 12 team. <laughs> I don't know if either would be bowl eligible, <laughs> but just the last bowl eligible teams out of the Pac-12 in Big 10 or Big 12. Uh, That's what you'd get. There you go. Uh, 435-339-0321-7994 has another recommendation for a bowl. It says, I want the Maverick Bahama Mama Bowl in the Bahamas. <laughs> I don't know, would you rather? It says, would you rather have the Maverick Bahama Mama Bowl in the Bahamas or the Grande Burrito Bowl in Puerto Rico? <laughs> it's a nice trip. Not very prestigious, but it's a nice trip. So the Mountain West, it's a true story. Mountain West was... Actively pursuing a bowl game tie-in in Australia. Do you remember this? It's a few no. years ago. Craig Thompson was getting all giddy that there was a uh, there was a, a venue that was excited about hosting American football teams, and they would have some sponsors in the Mountain West since they have kind of a West Coast tie-in that's not as far for them to travel. But um, never really got off the ground too much. That's a horrible idea. Like, the the point is, I mean, I guess maybe the bowl could make money because you'd get novelty, you know, you know, Australians watching a, a college football game. But it wouldn't be the same as you. Because the NFL, they're able to pull it off in Europe because it's a novelty there and people go watch it. And they can fill the tens of thousands of seats. Could you do the same thing in Australia where, one, 
not a whole lot of population density in Australia the way there is in Europe. So could you pull that off? I don't think so. Well, and just such, it would be so hard to get to. It's so much more of a financial consideration for families uh, to want to go to watch their their sons play or families of the coaching staff. I mean, you'd have to give up a lot of seats uh, for them just to go, just to make it possible for them. So really, (laughs) cost-wise, does it really make sense Uh, to do that? Unique? Yeah. Uh, Opportunity? Really cool. But the expense? Uh, yeah, because if you're the bull, you'd, if you're the bull, you'd have to have tons of people there. Because if I'm a team that gets invited, that boy say, "All right, you're paying the entire expense, whatever it costs, you know, blank check for us to bring everybody and everything we want." That would be the first thing I say at the negotiating table. And if you don't accept that, bye. Yeah, right. You you have to consider uh, your financial consideration. The bull payout will be very mysterious on this one. Because it'll get, it will it will cover your travel costs, not just of your team and of your staff and support staff, but of their families as well. Like they'd have to have some allotment that uh, you know you get certain block of tickets for your travel party. Um, but uh, I can't imagine there'd be too many fans. Like all of a sudden, oh, it's uh, the first weekend of December. Now we know we're going bowling. And it's happening in two weeks, and we've got to hurry and try to find a flight to Australia. Yeah, and if you don't have a passport handy already. Yeah, that's which, true. And it's it's summer there. It's the middle of summer for them. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's like you, you couldn't pull that off and make it financially viable unless you were getting enormous crowds, which maybe there's a possibility, like I said, because of the, the novelty of it to for Australians who don't really get to see American rules football. Yeah, that's it, that. You're right. the The ticket sales for that would really have to rely on the locals. Yeah. Whereas most bowl games, they don't. I mean, a lot. Not, unless you're a a premier like New Year's Six bowl, things like that. Locals don't really go to many of those bowl games. There might be a few just because of the novelty, but those bowls are attended by the fan bases. Yeah, and a and a bowl game in Australia will not be attended by the fan base. Yeah, so you'd have to rely on the enthusiasm of local Australians, which I think a basketball event would have a lot better chance of getting lots of fans in Australia because they love basketball down Mm. there. Yes. They're very big into basketball. A lot of Australians come to college and play basketball. Right. We've had a lot of them here at Utah State, and it's not just Sean Bairstow. No, successful guys in the NBA right now, too. Yeah, so you you could pull off a basketball event, but obviously those are different than bowl games. And so. I mean, it's it's growing. I mean, we see a lot of punters and kickers from Australia. I mean, Utah State's got one. Yeah, and so I think, it, and I think it's, the, it's growing. Yeah, the the prevalence of Australian rules football could play into that, where there is a, a bit of you know football enthusiasm, and so I'm saying maybe you could pull it off, but I just there's part of me that just really doubts that you could make enough money to convince two, you know, American schools to come all the way. Because, like I said, you'd have to pay for, you know, the the bowl payout would have to be, you know, include all the travel expenses plus have the bowl payout be enough that it ends up being the same as, you know, going to, you know, the New Mexico Bowl. You can't just say, all right, we'll pay out $700,000 and that's including your travel expenses. No, it's got to be 700000 plus 
travel expenses. So you're going to have to be looking at like, you know, 1.5 million payout to try and keep up to where it's not only worth it, you know, not only paying for the expenses, but also having a bull payout that's worth it to just not go somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they'll do something. Like we've got a designated charter plane, a big, big jet. It's going to leave on this date at this time. And these are the discounted prices for you to sell uh, to your fan bases to get on the plane with us. Uh, and then this is the hotel that you can get to and maybe a discount than if you were to do it on the open market. So I'm sure they can make some arrangements there. But still, that's uh, it's a pretty hefty commitment <laughs> to try to pull off. Yeah. I mean, it'd be cool. Uh, it'd be a really neat experience, no question. But uh, logistically, that'd be really hard to pull off yeah. and financially. Because, uh, I mean, that, that is literally a full day of travel just to get there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, going back to the text line, I want to get this before we move on. Because it was about a topic we talked about in the first hour where we were talking about moving all the coaching stuff to the uh, to January instead of December. 2417 was saying he disagrees because coaches won't have enough time to prepare. Then he follows up. He says, let me try it this way. How long did it take you to – Feel comfortable on your own in your in your position. If you were already head coach, I get it. But if you were an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, it might be a hair on fire type thing. You've cut it short, or if you cut it short. Uh, so let's agree to disagree. And like I can get it because you know I was saying that head coaches, if you decide to ditch a program, um, then that rush is what you deserve. Um, it's the the penalty, the cost. For an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, I can feel a little more sympathy because you're just moving up the coaching ladder and you're taking a better opportunity there. And it feels less like you're just ditching a program and leaving them high and dry. But still, um, you're you know messing somebody up one way or the other. Yeah. So somebody's gonna get their feathers ruffled. You're either leaving a bunch of players high and dry, or you're leaving a couple of coaches high and dry with leaving them two or three fewer weeks to, uh, you know, prepare for their new job. And I'd rather leave the coaches a little high and dry, which fair minds can obviously disagree on that. Okay. Uh, 5253 texting in. I want to see FCS champ in a bowl versus mediocre FCS conference champ. Maybe FCS versus best Ivy League or something Princeton versus ND State or something like that for inclusivity purposes, right? Imagine the diversity in that crowd. Okay. I guess. I don't know. FCS games are, that'd be kind of interesting. Does he mean FCS champ versus an FBS, a mediocre FBS conference champion? Is that what he meant to say? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I think there's a lot of sarcasm laced in there, and I'm not sure how to. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not as uh, well versed on the whole FCS anyway. Yeah, FCS is a it's an interesting uh, interesting realm. Hmm. Yeah. So if you want to elaborate on that five two five three, feel free. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. If you want to weigh in. Um, yeah, bowl season starts actually on Friday. We've got the first bowl games that begin Friday, and that um, those games will be the Bahamas Bowl in the Bahamas, the Cure Bowl in Orlando, Florida, and then a bunch of bowls on Saturday, 
and we'll have one of those Saturday evening. It'll be the uh, Frisco Bowl with Boise State in North Texas, 7.15 p.m. our time uh, in Frisco, Texas. And uh, Boise State, by the way, announcing today their new offensive coordinator, and it's a guy who was a former quarterback there, 2004-2008, was part of uh, Chris Peterson's staff, became his offensive coordinator at Washington, and then most recently he's been the quarterback's coach at Missouri, and so he's coming back to Boise State. After they fired their OC earlier in the year, offensive analyst Dirk Cutter, who was a former head coach there years ago, uh, he took over duties as OC. They changed the quarterback, and things were drastically different from that point forward for them. And um, so, yeah, they're announcing their new offensive coordinator uh, today. So kind of news today in the Mountain West Conference. Um, the Utah Jazz last night, let's pivot to the Jazz. There's, there was a team that was in a bit of a slide. After starting the season 10-3, and three, they went – Four and was it twelve? Four and or five and thirteen? It was a dramatically different uh, couple of weeks after the way they started it. But um, they got Mike Connolly back. They got Lowry Markkinen. They got Jordan Clarkson back last night against the Pelicans, who were on a seven-game win streak on their own. And uh, everybody was getting pretty excited about this Pelicans team. How good they're doing! Number one team in the West. And Utah put them in their place, especially in that second half, and they end up winning the game by 21 points, blowing them out. Really impressive win by the Jazz. Yeah, some of the Jazz just beating the Pelicans lately, even though the Pelicans had for a little bit been very pesky toward the Jazz for a few years when the Pelicans were in the beginnings of the rebuild that's gotten to them where they are now. But Jazz, I think, have won most of the last five or six games against the the Pelicans. Um, So they're doing just fine, including, what, the two games this year so far now that they've beaten them? Yeah. So something about playing the Pelicans just worked for the Jazz. (laughs) And who knows? Maybe they'll sweep them. Maybe the Pelicans will come back and, you know, beat the Jazz by 20 in this next game because that's just how the NBA works sometimes. Um, And the Jazz got offense from everywhere. You know, there's only one player that scored above 20 points, and that was Malik Beasley. So it's not like they had like a superstar game from somebody. They just got good production from pretty much any but everybody, including the legend himself, Walker Kessler. <laughs> Eleven points, sixteen rebounds, three blocks. Continuing to do good off the bench. I'll tell you what, I'm almost worried about Walker Kessler because I'm worried he's gonna be too good. And then they're gonna have to pay him. And then you're going to be paying like $40 million a year to a rim-protecting center. And uh, I feel like I've <laughs> heard this Gobert story before. 2.0. So I'm hoping that Walker Kessler is basically just like a, I don't know, I want to say like Mitchell Robinson, but he's not in the same archetype as Robinson. Basically just a diet Rudy Gobert is what I'm hoping he is. Just don't pay him as much. But Well, he's ahead of Rudy Gobert. Uh, Gobert spent – Time back and forth in the G League. Well, that's because Ty Corbin's an idiot <laughs> at the time and didn't get a lot of run as a rookie. Um, and it wasn't until like year three that Rudy Gobert really started to become a regular player in rotation and a regular force for I, Utah. I blame Ty Corbin. Well, you could be you, part you, of it. You swap Rudy Gobert and Walker Kessler. He's doing a lot of the same things Kessler's doing this year as a rookie. Probably true. 
Um, but yeah, 16 boards, three blocks, 11 points for Kessler. It was interesting reading some comments from him that in the first half, Jazz had quite a few turnovers. Uh, it was a sloppy game. Zion was able to uh, to do some things uh, against Kessler in the paint. But they looked at a few things, and Kessler really, one of the things that seems to be coming up a, a lot when coaches talk about him is how quickly he learns and adjusts. And he was talking after the game about pivoting his hips at the right time or making sure he's squared up at the right moment to defend and to take away angles from Zion Williamson. Because early in the game, Williamson was just going through Kessler to the hoop. And in the second half, he was trying to go around or over the top of Kessler. It was very different. Of course, Williamson was also in foul trouble and trying not to pick up additional fouls. But part of that was also due to how Kessler changed his game in the paint. And Utah, one of the hallmarks of that game last night was just what they did defensively in the second half. Well, I can't even say the second half. I mean, they held them to 15 points in the second quarter. Yeah, so... You know, in the modern NBA, when you're holding a team to 100 points, that's a major positive. Or not a major positive, but at least a positive. It's a good defensive night. Yeah. So if you hold a team to 100 points, you have a pretty good chance of winning because you're usually going to score 105, 110, in this case 120. So defensively, it was a great night. You know, the Jazz only shot like 31, 32% from three. Grand they attempted 47 threes. Jeez, this is a... It's weird just trying to compare the scores from early 2000s when I was growing up and all of a sudden, it's so different. Can't <laughs> so, imagine what it's like for you. So very different. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, defensively, it can be so hard guarding Zion because there really isn't a good way to guard him because he's going to get to the rim just about however he wants. He's going to draw fouls on you, even when you don't make significant contact. He just draws fouls because um, he'll force contact with you and make the ref blow his whistle, even though you didn't do anything wrong, because that's just how the NBA works too many, too much of the time. So you have to be incredibly disciplined. You have to be incredibly sound in your technique, and you know, he like said, forcing players to take certain angles because you're not stopping Zion. You just got to make him go where you want him to go, and then cut off his angles. For Kessler, he can use his length. And he at least has some of the weights to handle Williamson, who's probably like 310 pounds at this point. <laughs> so just just trying to deal with that. Um, they did a good enough job. Granted, I think he still went like 10 for 16, something like that. So it's not like they stopped him. But obviously a key when one guy scores 26 is trying to make sure nobody else has a great game. Yeah, I saw some people saying, oh, the Jazz, look how they shut down Williamson. He was pretty close to his season average. Yeah. He still scored 26 points, nine boards, uh, five assists, and two steals. I mean, the guy had a night still, but those were not easy points to come by for Zion. I mean, yeah, there were a few here and there, but um, the Jazz made him uncomfortable and, and did not make it easy for him to get those 26 points. Yeah, it's making the Stars earn their points as much as possible so they don't get in too much of a rhythm, so it's only 26 instead of him getting 52. Um, and then also just making sure he's the only one, limiting the other players. You know, Herb Jones only scores 6. Valanciunas gets 15. McCollum only 14. Trey Murphy goes, you know, big old goose egg, 0 points on 0 for 7 shooting. And then 
Nobody on the bench scored more than nine points. Meanwhile, the Jazz are getting several of their starters in double digits and three different bench players in double digits. So, yeah, you may have the, the game-leading scorer in Zion Williamson, but it's obviously team offense. You know, if one guy is giving you twenty, you know, a quarter of your points. That's not always a good thing. Uh, we need to take another time out here in the full court press. Love to continue to the conversation here from you as well. Four three five three three nine zero three two one on a Would You Rather Wednesday. We've been talking bowl games. We've been talking about the Utah Jazz. I'd love to uh, get more from you as well. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Cares for Christmas is dedicated to helping families this holiday season. We need your help this Christmas to give back to those in our community. Go to caresforchristmas.org to learn more and reserve items for families in need, like coats, warm winter clothes, gift cards, and toys. That's caresforchristmas.org. And thanks for caring this Christmas. It's time to use your flex spending for 2022. As they say, use it or lose it. Crystal Vision, the two-time gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah, has a great selection of frames with character. Take your current prescription in and let Crystal Vision fit you into a new look for the new year. Your glasses will feel like they were made for you. Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. Ladies, many of you will be fortunate enough to find a small but beautifully wrapped package under your tree with a brown satin ribbon and a box imprinted Jerex. The man who put it there is trying desperately to tell you that you are more precious than diamonds, more valuable than gold, and very, very special. Men who come to Jerex believe their wives deserve the best. And whether they spend $49 or $4,900, the message is the same. Men who come to Jerex are still very much in love. We just thought you should know. Jarek's Fine Jewelry, 930 North Main in Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit jobs.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. It's never too cold or wet to get rid of that old vehicle. Now is the time to earn extra cash for the holidays by calling DD Auto and Salvage. Let them pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles, paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. DD Auto and Salvage in Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's 787-1204 today. See store for details. The college football bowl season is underway. Catch the famous Idaho Potato Bowl as the Eastern Michigan Eagles face the San Jose State Spartans. Join us live from Albertson Stadium in Boise for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl on Bowl Season Radio. Kickoff begins at 1.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, online at 1069thefan.com or the Fan Mobile app, bringing you the most college bowl games from the Mountain West Conference. Sports Talk Radio, the Fan. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
Welcome back to Full Court Press. Eric France and Jason Walker. By the way, uh, news just coming out the last uh, well, 20 minutes or so. But it looks like the University of California regents are going to approve allowing UCLA to go to the Big Ten. But there's a catch. There could be a potential payout to the California uh, system of higher education from 2 to $5 million up to $10 million. So it'll cost them, but there's a, there's a cost. So I tell you, you, you put a quiz on me trying to figure out where all these different bowl games are. I just found an interesting map. So basketball reference is part of the, the sports reference. Just it's a place where I go to get all my stats. Basically they looked at the NBA and the most viewed team pages in each state, so like by state, like which team is searched the most on Basketball Reference? So the Jazz, they're the most viewed team in four different states. Can you name them off? Uh, say that one more time. So the Jazz, the Jazz's Basketball Reference team page is the most viewed in four different states. There's four states where that's the most common page. For people to travel to is the Utah Jazz team page on Basketball Reference. Okay, so Utah. Yeah, so that's that's, that's one. That's one. Idaho. No. Really? It's the Lakers in Idaho. Oh my gosh. Um. Nevada. No, that's also the Lakers. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's say Alabama. No, you're actually not too far off from one of them. <laughs> Alabama's the Chicago Bulls. Oh. Uh, gosh. So there's two other in the geographical region that are close by. One of them borders Utah. Um, Arizona. No, that would be the Suns. Oh, that's true. Wyoming. That's one. Wyoming is another. Okay. Montana. That's the other one. So there's one more. <laughs> there's one more. <laughs> That's the one that was close to Alabama. You, were, you, you, you threw a dart and you almost landed on it. <laughs> Arkansas. No, you're going the wrong way. Oh. That's geez. the Grizzlies. Oh, okay. Uh, so Mississippi. I don't no. know my south geography that well. Um, no, that's. I think I confused Mississippi and Alabama. Maybe? I don't know. Chicago Bulls, I think, is Mississippi. Alabama is Detroit Pistons. I may have said that wrong earlier. Uh, but you're going in the right direction. Louisiana. No, that's the other direction. That would be the Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, that's the Pelicans. <laughs> well, so I got down there. Uh, there's a few, a few different states. Um, Kentucky. No, that's the Lakers. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Lakers are a lot of them. We got a lot of them. Give you a hint. There's a, there's an NBA team in this state that isn't the Jazz. Really, Tennessee? No. You've like bordered all around this state. <laughs> all, all around it. <laughs> Kansas. No, oh, no that's, really that's, that's the wrong <laughs> That was also the Pelicans somehow. I give up. Georgia. Georgia? Yeah. I said they have an NBA team. 
but apparently the Jazz are the most popular team site to visit. Over the Hawks? Walking. That's amazing. That's the, the Atlanta Hawks. Tells you how much they care. There's uh, there's some weird stuff going on there with the Hawks. Yeah, that's Trey Young and his coach not seeing eye to eye. Doesn't want to play for him. Stars are such. They're annoying to deal with. I think they're all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> Too big for their britches. Uh, what other cliches have I used? Yeah, I'm sure we could come up with a few. Huh. Weird. Uh four three five three three nine zero three two one on our full court press text line. Thank you, five two five three. A quick clarification on a previous text. Um said or earlier and I will just I'll include the revision here. So earlier said I want to see an FCS champ in a bowl versus a mediocre FBS conference champ. Um, and so he's adding, you know, maybe uh, FCS versus uh, best Ivy League or something like Princeton, North Dakota State, something like that. Uh, but it says, see if the FCS teams are really less talented or just smaller schools. Yeah, I, the problem is I think the – Conference champions tend to be probably a little too good for the FCS champ. Even the, I mean, maybe you get, you know, was it the North Dakota States usually having really good teams and they end up having NFL prospects at times. But even then, I think there would be a bit of a talent gap between the conference champions. Um, could the FCS team win? Certainly, you know, if it was like the Ivy League champ, they probably would. But. It'd be tricky if it's a if it's an FBS conference champion. Those are usually pretty solid teams. Better than yeah. FCS teams, mostly. I mean, Utah State, obviously they lost to Weber State, who are obviously a pretty good FCS team, but let's say Weber State and Utah State played later in the season. Utah State would probably beat Weber State by a couple of touchdowns, and Utah State's a mediocre team. So, could be... Could be something. It's a game that I think FCS could win every now and again. But obviously the uh, mediocre FBS conference champion are too focused on the bowl that they're going to and not playing an FCS team, which wouldn't make them as much money. Okay, so let's go through. the. Here are the conference championship or, uh, teams, conference champions. I tried to find a list of that. <laughs> Apparently you were better at finding them than I was. So in Conference USA, it was UTSA, so University of Texas, San Antonio. Pac-12, it was Utah. Utah beat USC in the, in the Pac-12 championship game. Big 12, Kansas State beat TCU. But I guess in both cases, I mean, USC and TCU – Ranked far ahead of Utah and Kansas State, but th- th- those are the teams who won their conference championship games. Uh, Toledo won the MAC championship game. Troy won the Sun Belt. Tulane won the American, uh, so that's the AAC. Fresno State won the uh, Mountain West. Georgia in the SEC. Uh, Jackson State, this is the SWAC, so this is going down. Uh, but Jackson State won the SWAC. Uh, Clemson winning the ACC and Michigan the Big Ten. So the FCS champion squared off against. It'd be like the SWAC or maybe the MAC. 
because those are probably somewhat consistently the lowest two FBS conferences, but not always. You get good teams coming out of the MAC every now and again. Just to have the SWAC play FCS champion every year. Just have those two face off. A bowl game of champions. <laughs> so, a I conference just, champion versus a divisional champion. Maybe. I don't know. These FCS versus FBS bowl ideas, they're usually fun in concept. Um, but obviously are the kind that never get pulled off. Kind of like your toilet bowl idea. <laughs> I just don't see anybody would agree to that. Just the, gosh, what if we lose? What if we lose to an FCS team in a bowl game? Who would watch a pair of winless FBS teams in a game? Like, the only way to make that the, the toilet bowl work is to really make a mockery of the whole season and other teams participating and and nobody would willingly no one would willingly do that and honestly what you should do is instead of a you know a gilded toilet or plunger just make it out of like bronze or something like that something that's definitively not first place (laughs) how about just a just a straight up like steel toilet like a loser is you but not as much as the other get a honey bucket that you can put outside your uh practice facility (laughs) Yeah, that those porta potties. Yeah, that's the kind of trophy that people throw away. It's like some of these European soccer rivalries. They hand out like medals, like the the El Clasico. They hand out gold and silver trophy, like medallion trophies, and the players usually throw away the silver ones because it means they lost. Ah, uh, it's too bad. It'd be fun to see. I mean. I don't even know who would qualify this You year. really think it would be fun? Is that the word you're using to describe a game between teams that might combine for one win that entire year? Yeah. But, hey, here's our one chance to get a victory. In the American Athletic, South Florida, they won one game. Uh, so they would, they would qualify. Uh, in the Big Ten, Northwestern only won one game. So maybe they would qualify. Let me let me see who are the worst UMass, teams. UMass as an independent only won one game. So here here are your the four low. There's four teams that went one and eleven. Colorado one and eleven. Yeah, Colorado, UMass, Northwestern, and South Florida all went one and eleven this year. You have Nevada at two and ten, New Mexico at two and ten, Akron at two and ten. So there's seven teams that have one or two losses. So there's nobody went winless this year. So I yeah. guess props to them. So you you probably do. I don't know if you went by uh, going back to sports reference. If you went by the simple rating system, actually the two worst teams according to them are uh, UMass and Florida International. According to them, those are the two worst teams. Florida International went four and eight. Yeah, it's like where's Florida International? <laughs> yeah, they went. So maybe you'd go with New Mexico since they were the third worst according to this really quick and dirty metric. They went two and ten. So, maybe get yourself some nice independent versus Mountain West. Yeah, come on. You don't want to see some UMass versus uh, Northwestern? I would rather stick a toothpick <laughs> under my big toe and kick a some, soccer ball. Some Colorado versus South Florida? No. Let's see who really is the worst. 
But the only way you get uh, yeah sponsors to make sense of that is if everybody's all in on making a mockery of we can call their it bad the, we can call it the Charmin Toilet Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, six eight six five. I'm not. I'm. Hang on here. We got some double negatives here. I'm not no rocket scientist, so he is a rocket scientist. But I'm just saying the AZ Cardinals could have signed Prime for just six million. One, the Cardinals to sign uh, Deion Sanders as the coach. Uh, he's a little past his prime to play. I mean, to be a coach. But to be a coach? I think right now Deion Sanders being a little overrated as a coach. Granted, he could very well prove everybody, I guess, right in this case. Yeah. But I'm someone who very much holds back. I try to hold back. I'm not always successful, but I try to hold back on buying into hype because I've seen way too many times where the hype comes and then it dies because it, it turns out they weren't actually that good. 9938, if you offer the Toilet Bowl winner a million-dollar paycheck, lots of teams would play, LOL. Yeah, they probably would, but how is the bowl going to make a million dollars to give away when it's Massachusetts and New Mexico playing for a steel-plated toilet. Like, the only people watching would be the Reddit College Football people and the Sickos Committee. <laughs> That's who would watch it. All, true, of, all of 17 people. The true diehards who have nothing else to do. The people who have true addictions to sports gambling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, if, if, you, if you gambled on that, then... You really need to be talking to someone. Yeah. Please seek counseling. Uh, all right, more <laughs> other topics we can get to here on the Full Court Press. Though, so if you want to chime in uh, on how to make that bowl work, I'd love to entertain it. 435-339-0321. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL, it's a Week 15 showdown in the AFC with playoff implications as the Los Angeles Chargers host the Tennessee Titans. Hi, everyone. Troy Clarity here. Join Brian Baldinger and me for all the action as Justin Herbert tries to keep the Chargers in the hunt while the AFC South leading Titans look to get back in the win column. It's the Tennessee Titans and the L.A. Chargers. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday afternoon, beginning at 145 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Cares for Christmas is dedicated to helping families this holiday season. In Family 7, a young family is struggling with the unexpected loss of their mom. The father is giving everything he has to provide for his kids. Feels like jeans, sweatshirts, and gift cards. Some needs of the children are jeans, dresses, and long sleeve shirts. For more information, go to caresforchristmas.org. And thanks for caring this Christmas. I'm Amy, and we have been coming up here for years. We love the sportsmen. We love the small-town feel, great service, all the great quality of merchandise. It's been our tradition, and we love it and look forward to it every year. They do have other brands that are hard to find in Salt Lake. I see merchandise up here that I don't see down in Salt Lake. The sportsmen, there's nothing like it. Welcome, friend, nice to see you again at the Sportsman. On Main Street, in the heart of downtown Logan, with tons of free parking in the back. This Christmas, give her a special gift from the gift department at S.A. Needham Jewelers. All gifts are carefully wrapped with our signature gold and burgundy gift wrap. 
and it's done free of charge. S.E. Needhams is an authorized dealer of Yadro figurines. This collection of fine porcelain is made in Europe with depictions of the nativity, Santa Claus, mother and child, or family. It will serve as heirlooms for future generations. Or consider music or jewelry boxes or home decor. Come shop today. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block at the sign of the clock. This is Ryan at My Mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services. Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. He's got to let Axel scream. You started and you stopped. I was like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't have, I didn't have my headphones on yet, so just... Full court press! Silence. <laughs> oh, it's not silence. It wasn't. It was silent <laughs> to me. I'm sitting here in a recording booth and there's no sound. Uh, so we got some high school hoops tonight. Um, first of all, thanks to many of you who have been patient with us as we work through some video issues, which we've had during the high school basketball season. We seem to have gotten those resolved. We had video of our uh, broadcasts last night with Ridgeline and Bingham and uh, Skyview and Century. Skyview will be back in action tonight, taking on Leighton Christian here on this radio station. If you aren't uh, in front of a a desktop or mobile device or a a tablet to watch the game on Cash Valley Daily, Uh, but uh, we will have it for you. And, uh, busy day tomorrow. We've got uh, uh, Bear River in the uh, Preston Indians Classic, and they play a game in the afternoon tomorrow. We've got Green Canyon and Logan down at the Coach Walker Classic in southern Utah. We'll have a number of those games on our family of radio stations. Uh, Skyview will have a game on Friday. Mountain Crest will have a game on Friday. So, Quite a bit of high school hoops going on. And uh, more details on CashValleyDaily.com. Yeah, it should be a fun weekend. I'll have my hands full trying to keep track of everything mm-hmm. to get the uh, 
start the conversation on the Player of the Week nominees because that'll be a that'll be quite a bit. Tracking down stats so we can compile the nominees is often tricky enough. <laughs> it's true. Usually the voting is the easy part. So you just send out the ballot. Right. Somebody else gathered the information. Now I just get to decide based on that. Yeah. And I'm uh, I'm usually the point man for gathering the information. So. <laughs> That's your burden to carry. That's my idea, so I have to do it. 435-339-0321. Uh, we've been talking about bowl season. Uh, as we've mentioned, we're going to be carrying the Frisco Bowl here on this radio station Saturday night. Boise State will be involved in that. A bunch of other bowl games will be on this station, including the first responder bowl. <laughs> Got that right for the first time. Uh, the Serve Pro first responder bowl. No, it's the Serve Pro. All <laughs> caps. Right, all Serve caps. Pro first responder bowl. Uh, December 27th, we'll have full play-by-play here on the fan. It'll be simulcast on KVNU. So Aggie fans all over northern Utah and southern Idaho will be able to hear their favorite school. Um, but a bunch of Mountain West schools and their bowl games will be covered here on the fan as bowl season gets underway, technically starting Friday, but a lot of them get uh, get going on on Saturday too. Yep. Bowl season is upon us. Get them bowling shoes ready or bowling slippers. Yeah, whatever it may be. Uh, 5860 texting in. I love the toilet bowl idea. I've also thought it would be fun to see a, a consolation bracket in the NFL of the bottom four teams with the winner earning the first lotto pick. It might help discourage tanking and be really interesting. The anti-playoff. Possibly. The NFLPA would throw an absolute fit. Like I said, these these con- these are fun concepts. I, I don't disagree with, with 5860 here. Just, concepts are fun. Yeah, but, I, <laughs> I'm all about trying to find solutions to prevent teams from just throwing in the towel. Just to better position themselves for next year's draft. I don't particularly care about tanking. I understand why people care, why leagues care about tanking. You know, there's an image thing, and also, you know, you want to actually put forward a product. But some of the measures just seem to like, they end up hurting teams who aren't tanking, but just kind of get, you know, everything gets messed up for them. So. Like, the, the NFL doesn't have a tanking problem. Not really. Like, when was the last team, like, someone was actively tanking? They're always trying to win. I think it's because the talent coming out of college football is so rich and so deep. Um, and it's not w- – one player doesn't necessarily affect the future trajectory of a program in football like it does in basketball. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. That is a huge reason why there are impact players found in like, you know, the third and fourth round. You can hit on a third round pick who will be a starter for you all year. Maybe you make the Pro Bowl if he's good enough. It's not an uncommon thing. The leading Bobby rusher, Wagner, he's yeah. been a multiple time Pro Bowler, best linebacker in the league, and he was a third round pick. Yeah, you can find impact players, you know, in the sixth, seventh round. Some, you know, there's a couple of years in the NFL like the leading rushers were guys that were out of like the sixth and seventh round like was it Foster for the Texans he was like a he might have been undrafted but I think he was like sixth or seventh round there was that um at the time Redskins running back I think it was Alfred Morris he was like a sixth round pick 
you know, Derek Henry was like a second round pick, maybe late second round, early third round. So, yeah, with the NFL, the other thing that I think helps is having an actual salary cap. Yeah. The NBA should have a salary cap. Like an actual salary cap. An actual hard cap. Or at least lower than, because technically there is a hard cap, but it's one that nobody ever gets to. Have an actual lowered, like, salary cap. Because that's what the NFL, the NFL is a constant struggle of cutting guys that you can't afford. The NBA, you don't do that. You don't ever do that. You don't cut guys you can't afford. You just pay luxury tax. You just overpay. Yeah. So, but that's that's a discussion for another time. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, in fact, speaking of time, we're running out of it, and we do need to take another time out here on the Full Court Press. 435-339-0321 if you want to weigh in. Um, Utah State Aggies, they've got a game tomorrow. Who will and won't be available for the Aggies? We'll find out. We'll get into more details about Westminster and the state of Utah State more uh, tomorrow. But uh, Coach Odom met with the media today. Maybe some quick highlights from him coming up next to the Full Court Press. A lifetime of awesome memories starts with the Yamaha lineup of youth ATVs. Find the perfect Yamaha ATV for the young rider in your life at Cash Yamaha. Start with the sporty Yamaha YFZ50, designed for riders 6 and up with easy start and parental controls. Then graduate to the Yamaha Raptor 90 with legendary Raptor Sport ATV styling and more for riders 10 and up. And for a taste of the rugged look of a utility ATV, check out the Yamaha Grizzly 90. Start a lifelong passion today at Cash Yamaha or YamahaMotorsports.com. See the Yamaha lineup today at Cash Yamaha at the Light and Hyde Park. YFZ50 is recommended for use only by riders six years and older and always with adult supervision. Raptor and Grizzly 90 are recommended for use only by riders 10 years and older and always with adult supervision. ATVs can be hazardous to operate. Yamaha recommends an approved training course. For safety and training information, see your dealer or call 1-800-887-2887. Your skis are skinny and your boots tie with leather. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You need up-to-date ski equipment and your kids want the good stuff. Al's Sporting Goods has season ski rental for the entire family. Ski and board equipment that you can rent for the entire season. Pick them up now, bring them back in May. And for a limited time, get a free Cherry Peak Lift Pass. Youth season ski or snowboard rental, only $99. Adult season ski or snowboard rentals, only $114. Don't wait. 99 and 114 season ski rental prices will go up. Al's Sporting Goods for season ski rentals. Every sport, every season. Daryl's Appliance is feeling the Christmas spirit and wants to spread some cheer. Join them December 17th to enter to win a KitchenAid stand mixer and other prizes at Daryl's during their in-store event. Get some hot cocoa and a picture with their special guests, Santa and Mrs. Claus. They have Christmas specials all December on GE, Whirlpool, and other appliances. Plus, get 12 months interest-free financing and Daryl's famous service that backs every sale. Only at Daryl's, West on Airport Road. Spend less time at the post office. With Formax and Mint mailing systems from Les Olson IT, you can quickly, accurately, and easily process your outgoing mail and even save on postage. Fold your documents, stuff and seal your envelopes, print addresses, weigh and measure to apply proper postage, all with the click of a button. With multiple model options available, you're sure to find a Formax solution and Mint mailing device that perfectly fits your business needs. Les Olson IT. 
touchdown. The Aggies are going to the first responder bowl, and the fan is joining News Talk KVNU to bring you the game. Tuesday, December 27th, the Aggies face Memphis kickoff is at 1.15. Game day pregame show will begin at 11 as Al Lewis and Craig Hislop break down the matchup. Love the matchup against Memphis. Really good football team. Familiar with those guys. Don't miss any of the bowl game coverage and the game on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan, the home of Aggie faithful. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Jason Walker. I'm sorry, I'm just reading some more details about this UCLA deal with uh, their... University of California Board of Regents uh, voting to allow UCLA to go to the Big Ten. There's been a bit of a stink there uh, if they should go or not. But part of the deal is that UCLA can go to the Big Ten, but they will cut a check to Cal, Cal Berkeley specifically, like 2 to $5 million. I don't know why it's going to Cal Berkeley specifically. It's just one of those politics things where they had to uh, get Cal on their side. It will be done to enhance student athletic uh, support at the campus. <laughs> so we'll let you go, but you got to help out Cal. I guess. Bunch of politics and oh. money it's ruining college sports. So weird. Uh, so Utah State takes on Westminster tomorrow night. We'll get into more about uh, who are they? The Griffins? Can't even yeah, the Griffins. For some reason, in my preview, I began writing owls, and uh, that's wrong. So I got to go fix that before I publish it. But there's some question about who may or may not be available. You know, Ryland Jones has missed a couple of games now with concussion after uh, taking that hard hit early in the game uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Coach Odom, you met with him today. Is is Jones going to be available tomorrow? Uh, Jones won't be available. Um, I, there's. Optimism from me, I should, this is my own personal opinion, is I think he'll be back for Weber State. But he'll be out tomorrow against Westminster. Uh, the question will be uh, Taylor Funk. He actually wasn't uh, in practice here. He wasn't playing. In pra- he was there at practice, but he wasn't playing. Um, he twisted his ankle earlier this week. Um, and so he's a game-time decision. So we'll see what the Aggies do there. If they don't go with Taylor Funk, Dan Akin will start at power forward. That's been their plan. If Taylor Funk were ever missed time, that's just been their plan since preseason. Because actually Funk wasn't uh, active or healthy. He, he was dealing with a foot injury. Yeah. Um, during they played a couple of uh, close scrimmages and in those games, which Odom has been open about who was playing in those games or who started, he said Akin started at power forward in both of those games. So that's the plan. Although I'd say Sean Bairstow will likely play more minutes at the four. Because Sean Bairstow's kind of been the backup power forward. He's played about 20% of his possessions at power forward. Basically, when Taylor Funk's not on the court, they've kind of gone with Bairstow. Well, tomorrow night's a good opportunity to let the, your bench get some extra minutes anyway. So, um, interesting to see how that will play out. We'll get more into those matchups tomorrow, uh, along with uh, as well as our pick six, trying to predict the weekend. So that's all coming up tomorrow. Until then, have a great night, everybody.